0: And we've just been growing in our confidence in God as we study this incredibly important topic, Hebrews nine twelve. You know, there's six things that blood does for us in the natural. Number one, supplies oxygen to our cells. Number two, blood supplies nourishment to our blood cells. Number three, the blood removes waste and carbon dioxide from our cells. Number four, blood provides Coagulation properties in case of uh, a cut or something like that. It's, it's got a tremendous repair function. It's amazing what blood does. It's just this liquid that flows along, but as soon as it, touch, it touches oxygen, it immediately has chemicals in it that transform themselves into other things. These chemicals then convert into stuff called fibrinogen. It just starts to knit together and it starts to create a, a barrier that doesn't allow infection in. So blood has this tremendous uh, ability to coagulate and really start the basis of creating new skin. Number five, blood provides immunological properties. Blood is protecting you from disease. The white blood cells in your body are continually really very much acting like Christ in the sense that they sacrifice their lives to swallow up disease in your body. White blood cells basically just wrap themselves around disease and, make, and neutralize it. And then they basically then die and just uh, are carried off into the city. And number six, blood actually sends signals. It sends messages back and forth to the brain. The blood can do this. And so the blood has a, a messenger function in your body. When I went to go give blood one time, couldn't find my veins, and they, they started to go draw blood from this one, and they couldn't get very much blood, so they, they all, well, stick it in the other one. And they said, no, I'm not giving them enough blood, so they stuck it in the other arm. And then they stuck it in this arm, and they stuck it in that arm. And then what happened was body just started to shut down, and my heart rate went to, like, 20. What happened was that the blood was, was sending message, Somebody to 70,000 70 pills in you know, here. You need to see an Emergency, emergency. I started looking, wait a second, you're, you're starting to get kind of pale. And, uh, well, I don't feel really good here right now. All right. I know how to do it, and then somebody, I'll somebody else the poke, poke, poke. poke. But that's called vapal-vagal reaction, and your body just shuts down so that if you get an arterial cut, your heart rate will stop or it'll go to as low as it possibly can so that you won't lose additional blood. So it's actually um, uh, a response that your, your body goes into. So your body receives messages through the blood. I used to think that the body was completely a, an electronic machine. It, I, I sent electrical signals from my head to my toes. They're actually chemical signals that nerves fire along chemical lines. It's interesting how these things work. So there's six things that the blood actually does, and we'll talk about how those things really relate to spiritual things as well. But Hebrews 9.12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, Jesus entered in once into the holy place, ...having obtained eternal redemption for us. Under the old covenant, the high priest, once a year, goes to the very special place called the Holy of Holies. Now, he would offer sacrifices on a regular basis, but he would not go into the Holy of Holies unless everything was absolutely perfect. And when he would do that, they would tie a rope around his ankle, and they would put bells on his feet and bells on his wrist so that if he stopped moving, they would know the guy was not ceremonially clean, had died in there, and they could pull him out with the rope because that was a, the holiest of holies, and you did not go in there unless everything was right. Once a year, they would go into this place, the Holy of holies, and there they would offer the blood of sacrifice. Well, Jesus went in to the true Holy of Holies in heaven and poured out his own blood for you and for me. He went into the true Holy of Holies once and for all. He was able to go to a place and this place nobody else could go. Angels couldn't go there for you. Cherubs couldn't go there for you. Loony creatures in heaven couldn't go there for you. Your grandmother, who's already gone to be in heaven, hasn't been able to go there for you. Your priest, your holy man, nobody has been able to go there for you except for Jesus. He was able to go to this one place, into this holy of holies. Jesus entered into that one place. And so what I want to talk to you about is how the blood reaches, the blood reaches to the farthest places in our lives and in the universe. Because Jesus took the blood, he was able to go into a place where no man could ever go, where no creature could ever go, where nothing that was created could ever go to that place. Jesus, with his blood, was able to go to that place for me. The blood reaches incredible places. And because the blood was able to go to that place for you, the blood is able to go to those places in your childhood. The blood is able to go to those places in your heart. The blood is able to go to those places in your mind. The blood is able to go to those places in your experience and cleanse and sanctify and heal and make new every area of your life. The blood can reach because it reached all the way into the Holy of Holies it can reach every part of your life. It can reach into your past. It can reach into your future. It can reach into your present. It can reach into every aspect of your personality. No matter, no matter how well covered up it is, nobody knows about that one area in your life. Nobody knows. You're not going to tell nobody. You're not going to tell your spouse. You're not going to tell anybody. But the blood of Jesus can go into that place and make it all bring. See, blood is circulating through the body every 23 seconds. It makes a complete lap around your body. Every 23 seconds, three times a minute, the blood completely goes through all of these functions where it's supplying oxygen, where it's supplying nourishment, where it's carrying away the waste, where it's healing, where it's providing immunological properties, where it's protecting, where it's doing all of these things. The blood is doing that three times a minute in the how much more in is the blood of Jesus protecting, providing for you, taking away the bad stuff, carrying away the waste, carrying away the junk, carrying away the CO2 and the waste products, carrying away all of that yuck that's in you. And the blood of Jesus is taking it away three times a minute. The blood of Jesus is providing for you all the things that you need over and over and over again. Three times a minute, the blood of Jesus is a full supply. And am bringing a full supply. Everything you need is coming by the blood. If you take a pen and you and you prick my little finger, blood comes out. If you take a pen and you prick my little toe, blood comes out. If you take a, a pen and prick my earlobe, blood comes out. If you stick it here, you stick it there, blood's coming out. Because blood is in every part of my body. Blood reaches every part of your body. And the blood of Jesus is reaching every part of your Every part of your presence. Every part of your history, you can claim the blood of Jesus. You may not know how you're going to get from here to where God wants you to go. God's got things for you. God's got ideas for you. God's got plans for you. And you claim the blood of Jesus over those plans. You claim the blood of Jesus over that future. You claim the blood of Jesus over those bills. You claim the blood of Jesus over that situation. You claim the blood of Jesus over that solution. You claim the blood of Jesus over those future things that you need because the blood can heal and the blood can provide and the blood can supply all of the things that you need. And so you, you claim the blood of Jesus over the past. You claim the blood of Jesus over the present. And you claim the blood of Jesus over the future. You apply the blood by faith. God is using you where you apply the blood. God will meet with you at the Mercy Seat. The Mercy Seat is the place where we apply the blood. Where so we exercise faith in the blood. We meet with God. God will meet with you on that basis. And when you exercise faith in the blood of Jesus, God will meet with you there, and God will talk to you about the promise, the present, and the future. Great doctors are evaluated by their wing loss record, aren't they? They're evaluated by their weight and their age. But when you ever see the tail of the tape, what are they talking about? They're talking about the reach. What is the distance from the chin to the end of the fist? On this boxer. Well, if one boxer has a four-inch reach advantage over the other boxer, it means that he can reach that guy's chin or well, the other guy's glove is right here. It's a four-inch reach advantage, right? And so that's a pretty big advantage in boxing. Reach makes a big difference in heavyweight boxing. Well, Jesus Christ is the heavyweight champion of the world. He is. He's got a reach that delivers a knockout blow to every problem. Where the devil got no answer, when the devil cannot respond, is when you apply the blood of Jesus. He can say, but if you talk about your work, if you talk about your good deeds, if you talk about anything that you've done, the devil's got something to say about it. He's got a counterpunch when you come up with anything that you did, positive or negative. But when you claim the blood of Jesus, the devil's got no counterpunch for that. There is no counterpunch. The reason of the blood of Jesus knocks the devil out every time. It hits him right on the jaw and knocks him flat out, and there's nothing he can say when you apply the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that he can do to come back. Jesus has obtained an eternal redemption for us. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what blood does not read. Hair does not have blood. Think about that. I mean, you can poke a pin here. You cut this, and... No blood comes out, right? It doesn't hurt when you cut your hair because hair is mostly made of calcium products and things like that. But it's not alive. It's made by living cells, but the hair—the hair, the hair itself—is not alive. Your fingernails and your hair are not alive. But you know what they found is that they can do drug testing on your hair, you know, because your hair grows just a little bit every single day. If you were taking drugs on August. 23rd, 2006, and that hair is still there, well, they can actually go back and on that molecule that day, they can see cocaine there, they can see crack there, they can see, they can see stuff there through microscopic evaluation of the hair. And so there was a prominent political figure some years back that got a $300 haircut when he was on the road. Because he had to scoop up all the hair and take it back with him, because maybe he wanted to make sure that none of the hair got evaluated. It's important because they can do that kind of testing on hair. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing stuff. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Old things have passed away; all things are made new. My old hair has been cut off." The old record has been taken away. I got a haircut that goes back and takes away all of that stuff and doesn't show any of it. We go to the Salon de Grace. I call it. Salon de Grace. And at Salon de Grace, there's no record in your hair. There's no record in your fingernails. There's no record at all. Because old things have passed away and all things have become new. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. Your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. There's a, There's a salon that does not recognize what's in the back particles of your head. It doesn't recognize what's in your fingernails. It doesn't see anything else because it's been covered by the blood. No record of wrong. No record when you go to God. You present your petitions and you request the God. It's the devil who's going, "Sinners, I remember, I remember, I know what you did. Two you ago, two years ago, I know what you did." He's trying to remind you that you just bring out the blood and it him up. There's nothing he can say. He's got no counterpoint to the blood of you. When I went to uh, college, played on a side football team, and uh, the medical students named their flag football team the blood-brain barrier. Only medical students would use a a term like that because that was a really interesting fact that they had just found out in medical school that there actually is something called the blood-brain barrier. Your gray matter in your brain is actually not warped in blood. Blood is actually in your skin and in your cells and, and throughout your body, but there actually is not blood flowing in your brain. Blood washes all around the outside of your brain, but it does not actually flow in your brain. You know what? That's really interesting because that ends up perfectly with the Bible. Romans 12.2 says that you're transformed by the renewing of your mind according to the Word of God. So the blood of Jesus washes away my sin. The blood of Jesus transforms me spiritually. The blood of Jesus is taking care of everything it has to do with the in- inward parts of my of my life. But I have to renew my mind. I can't just claim the blood of Jesus over some things in my mind and just say that's going to take care of me. I actually have to renew this gray matter with the Word of God. There's some places that the blood does not actually physically leak in our body. And it's spiritually, it works the same way. You have got to renew your mind with the Word of God. There is no excuse, and there is no replacement for regular Bible studies. There's nothing else that you can do except for getting, that, that will replace getting the Word of God into your mind, to teaching yourself and learning what the Bible says. Your Christianity, your walk with God, your effectiveness as a Christian depends on your knowledge. Faith has a knowledge component. You cannot exercise faith beyond what you have knowledge of. You have to know that God is a good God. You have to read about God's goodness. You have to read about God's grace. You have to read and continually renew your mind about God's power, God's ability, and God's grace, and God's way. How can you please God if you don't know? And the world has its messages that continually bombard our minds. The world has its ways of speaking to you and talking to you and trying to program you and trying to conform you into its way of asking and its ways of thinking. But we have to continually renew our minds to what the Bible is saying, to what God's opinion of you is, what God's saying about you, what God's saying about your job, what God's saying about your family, what God's saying about your future, what God is telling you today, you're going to find as you open up the Bible in the morning. You can hear God speak to you each day. i found that God likes lunchtime. He, he likes to have lunch with me. There are times when I'm out driving around and doing my job and just doing the things I need to do through the day that I'll just kind of feel a nudge from God just, just go to get a sandwich and go park under a tree. Get out the Bible. Hang out together. Let me just spend some time. God likes lunch. Do you really does. He's with me. Now, for you, it might be morning times. It might be evening might be walk, might be afternoon, but there is a there is a time where God likes to hang out with you, and God wants you to read His Word, and God wants to speak to you in those places. And there are times when God wants to educate your brain, renew your brain. My human spirit got recreated and redeemed when I was born again. My body's been healed, but my mind must be renewed. There was a revival that took place in the early 1990s in Kansas. And in this revival, these kids in this Christian school, especially the third, fourth, and fifth grade classrooms, they were just falling out and just having these visions of heaven. And these kids were going to heaven. And I mean, physically, they were there on the floor, but spiritually, they were there in the throne room of God. And they were going to heaven, and they were coming back and just saying all kinds of things that were in Revelations and were in the Bible, but they hadn't even really seen that. They were, seeing, they were really going. And so this wonderful fourth grade teacher, she says, you know, I, I want to be part of the revival too. I and mean, then she was getting blessed and everything like that, but she wasn't getting nearly as blessed as some of these kids. These kids were just going there. It was amazing. Laid down on the floor on her back and held her in these kids' hands. And the kids were like, oh, come on, you know, because this one little girl was just, just it was so free. It was just, she could just go back and forth into heaven and, and just during this revival time. And so she held her teacher's hand and she said, Let's just pray and she just began to pray and boom, this girl was just off and, and the teacher was kind of like, mm, okay, mm, all right. Okay, now take me to you know and just whatever she could do the little girl comes back to about fifteen, twenty minutes later and she's been in the phone again. I mean, just a glow was all over her face and she was just so blessed and and she said Jesus, did it, did it work? Did, did, did you go? What, what happened? Said, no. And, and said, Yeah, well, I, I, I talked to Jesus. And uh, I said, Jesus, let's, can, let's get Mr. So-and-so to come with us. And, and he said, Jesus said, There's something wrong with your brain. <laughs> the problem is your brain. And this is, you know, a 4th paraphrase, maybe of the actual words of Jesus, or maybe that was exactly what Jesus said. But. It lines up perfectly with Romans 12, too. But you've got to be renewed. We've got to renew our mind. You can't get to heaven watching TV. It's not going to do it. You have got to renew your mind on the Word of God. You've got to hit the off button and open the Bible. It will renew your mind. And what is mind renewal? But it's a lot like remodeling projects. You ever watch those remodeling shows on TV? What can we do with this room? It's got a red couch and an orange chair and a purple this. How do we How do we fix this strange and funky room? And do it on a budget, design on a dime, and all those things. Anyways, what they start with is that they pull all that stuff out. They empty the room out. They got to get all that stuff out so then they can get a blank canvas, and then they start putting things back one at a time. Things that actually help. That's, that's what you've got to do with your with your life. You've got to get rid of failure. This is what happens when you start to read the Word of God. It begins to remodel your brain. It begins to renovate your room. And it begins to renovate this room upstairs. And it gets rid of failure. It gets rid of limitations. It takes out these things. It takes out small thinking. It takes out the old hurts and wounds. It gets rid of what people have said to you or said about you. It pulls all those things out of the room. It gets rid of the neighborhood you grew up in. It gets rid of the family that you grew up in. It gets rid of all the things that they used to say, think, and do, and it begins to tell you about what your new family, my older brother Jesus and my father God, and I've been grafted in and adopted into a new family, and there is a new lineage. And there is a new inheritance. And they say, well, there's certain things that just run in your family. Well, hey, I'm in a new family. I'm in a new family, and I'll tell you what runs in my family. What runs in my family is healing. What runs in my family is blessing. What runs in my family is favor. What runs in my family is prosperity. These are the things that run in my family, lineage because I am in the family of God. We get rid of the way we think we look and the way the problems we have with that. Then we get the mind of Christ, and we get the ability of God, and we get that mentality from the Word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We get the mentality that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. It's there in the Word, and we got to renew our minds to these things. As we read these things, it renews our minds. It's getting to know that God loves me. God justifies me, God forgives me, God heals me, and God is there for me. It's getting to know the voice of God and knowing that it's not condemning. These are the things that happen as we read the word of God and take out the old stuff and put in the new stuff. We get God's eyes to see other people around us so that we're not just looking at ourselves and our own problems and our bills and our this and our that. We begin to look at humanity through Jesus, eyes, and we begin to see how God sees them, and we begin to speak to them as God should speak to them, and not just see the grocery clerk or the bank teller or the gas station attendant, but we see people whom God loves. Our coworkers aren't just coworkers anymore; they're a mission field. When you let God live big inside your room, God will begin to pray giant prayers for you. God will begin to pray dangerous prayers you. God will begin to pray big, big, big prayers. If your prayer life is not exciting, raise it up a little bit. Ask bigger. If your prayer life is just, oh God, now I lay me down to sleep and stuff like that. If your prayer life is putting you to sleep, you are not praying big enough prayers. You're not asking for enough. Ask for something bigger. Ask for something better. Talk to God about some bigger things. Start talking about world things. Start talking about national level things. Start talking about big, big, big things because God is a big, big, big God and He has not fallen asleep on the things that He is thinking about. There is no place that the blood of Jesus does not reach. It reaches my past. It reaches my present. It reaches my future. And so I need to renew my mind according to what the blood of Jesus has done in me and done through me. The blood of Jesus is like my physical blood. My physical blood washes throughout my, the exterior of my, scu- uh, of my brain. Just inside my cell, there's lots of blood flowing, but it's actually not flowing in and through the gray matter. Then I've got to renew that room with the Word of God. I've got to renew those messages. i got to take out the old messages. The old messages of failure, the old messages of loss, the old messages of compromise. There are some things that we've accepted just because we settled. If you were a settler and you were coming on a wagon train from the East Coast to the West Coast, and you just got tired and you stopped in Nevada, you probably weren't able to grow a whole lot of crops. But if you had just gone over to Sierra, you could have come into the Central Valley, you could have planted crops there, you could have gone to Santa Barbara, (laughs) you could have gone to San Diego, you could have seen... The peninsula, you could have settled Africa, you could have settled Lower Hillsville. You could have your last name on it. But there are people that stopped along the way. So that's as far as I'll go. I'm tired of it. I'm not going anywhere. There are things that you've prayed for and maybe you haven't seen them. Don't quit. Do not quit. There's a very memorable story about a couple that was praying for a certain type of car. And they had gotten in faith and gotten excited about faith and they would pray for a very specific type of vehicle. When it didn't arrive by midnight, 30 days later, or 60 days later, whatever, they, whatever time limit they put on it, they let it go. A year or two later, the Holy Spirit sponsored this guy and said, you let a clock let you get, out, get you out of faith. You let 12.01 a.m you out of faith, See, if you put some sort of time on it. And the Holy Spirit said to this man, you, know, you were doing good. You were getting close. Go back and pick that up again. Pick that prayer up again. That thing that you had prayed for, you pick that up again. And so he began to pray again about that car. And he got his wife and he said, the Holy Spirit just reminded us, remember that car that we prayed for? We were so much in faith for that car. And he said, no, 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 why? And he said, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go with that. I don't know why. I don't know why. Don't go into that spot. Go back in the face. Go back in the face over that area. Because it's good and it wasn't long before an automobile dealer. So it's on my heart to give you guys a new car. Come on down to my showroom. Pick me out Any car that you want. And I go down to the showroom and there on the center of that vinyl floor is the exact car, exact color combination, everything. Including the, the radio and everything that everything they'd asked for was right there on the southern for they said that that, that was the copper space for several years ago. There it is. And over there. Praise God, praise God. So get back in the face. Get back in the face. What was it that maybe you let time stop you? You can feel get back in the face over that issue.